0: What's up guys, welcome to codependent and shit Conscious dating and relating from a former crazy girl That's a new tagline I'm gonna try Just, you know, gonna try new ones Um, sorry I didn't have an episode last week For for my regs, my regulars Um, I was on vacation I went to Lake Tahoe and I want to say it was great and I had a great vacation, but it was like the worst trip of my life. And was, we can laugh about it now. Um, it was awful. And I went with my family. Um, if you listen to the show regularly, if you've listened to everything, you probably know um, my backstory. And why a family vacation was not in my best interest. Probably um but you know i wanted to give my give it a chance because i've done so much you know healing work and i feel like i've gotten a really good place with that i'm like you know what maybe i can i can go do this but you know what i can't <laughs> i cannot um i still i love my family but like i got to i really have boundaries with them because I can only do so much time around them because I get triggered. I get anxiety. I get it's just my mom's very high stress, and like it makes my anxiety like insane. And then, not to mention, we just have very toxic relationships. Um, I don't think they'll ever not be toxic at this point. So I'm um, I'm not obviously gonna cut off contact with my family, but I have to have boundaries where i'm like small doses so a week was not a small dose it was way too much um i'm just gonna tell you guys what happened because i kind of just want to vent so first of all i mean amongst that like it's constant drama with my mom it's just the way she was doing uh, a soap opera um i developed a infected cyst under one of my boobs Yes, great, good times, awesome. It was, like, starting to hurt, so I had to go to urgent care, like, the first day I was there, and then they're like, yeah, it's an infected cyst, you have to cut it open and drain it, we have to cut it open. I'm like, oh, what? So, that happened. It was not fun. It hurt, I had to keep going back to urgent care, it's a shit show. But, um also just the amount of drama and like I said like my mom and like cannot coexist and I want to talk about something that I realized is a manipulation tactic people use that we should be mindful of and that is the use of fake emotions to get our way so you pretend I mean my son does it but my son's four so that makes sense you know like he's he's excused. Um grown ass adults, I don't I can't. I cannot agree with it and I cannot get down with it and I cannot just like be silent and let it happen because it's manipulative. So I want to talk about when I realized that that my mom does this. So we're on the way to Lake Tahoe. She gets pulled over. She was speeding and she immediately starts crying to the cop. Like I'm talking, she she pulled a Karen. She Karen. She was a crying Karen. So, the cop, um, she's just crying and acting like serious, so like inconsolable. Like oh, like I didn't even know. And I'm in the front seat, like oh my god, she's for real doing this. And like if this works, I swear. Like, and she cried, and and it worked. And I was like, damn. Like personally. I'd probably rather take a ticket than do that. Like my pride would just rather take the ticket. I'm not gonna fake cry. So he lets her go, and we're pulling out, and she's still like crying because he could still see her. I'm not kidding, guys. And she seriously, she goes and <laughs> scene. Ashley, you have to cry in those situations. End scene. Literally cut the tears. I was like, that was completely fake, yo. I was like, holy shit. And then I also had to interject because if we were a family of color in that whole scenario, probably I believe would have went a lot different so I had to remind her that that was white privilege 101 um I'm sorry it's true if you're mad about that me saying that there some of this shit is true guys let's be real like I don't I'm not even gonna go into all that but like there's merit to this stuff um and she totally just stopped crying and I was like that was psycho like, I cannot just... I can't fake cry. I can't fake emotions. I just can't. Um, but I kept that in mind. So, through the trip, like, she would do that. She would start crying. Like, when we would get in an argument. And the arguments were always when I would stand up for myself. Like, a boundary with my son. Or just anything where I was defending myself. And, like, I'm not going to just act like, you know, this is right or you're right. I And she would... Lashed out, and it would wind up with crying and having what I would call an adult temper tantrum. And she'd leave the hotel, and it honestly, like, she left, and it was so strange to me because I went right back to like childhood in my mind, and I've talked about this too. Where, so I was with my sister too, this is where I grew up, I grew up with my mom and my sister, and my mom used to leave all the time, she'd have, she'd freak out like this, crying, screaming, would leave in her car, and I was pretty little, and I would always be the one that chased her out, begged her to stay, and watched her car drive away, was devastated, thought my mom's never coming back, Um, this stuff is totally traumatic, like I've already worked through a lot of it with like a therapist and stuff, but... But I'm seriously having like flashbacks of this because it was the same scenario. Like although this is years later, and we're now at this hotel, it was the same, sh- same setup. So she leaves, and I'm the only one that's like, oh, should we call her or like, can you track her? And I'm like, just I'm like festering. I'm like in the room, and I'm. I'm getting upset and I can't like think about anything else except that like we need to call her. And this is exactly how this would play out when I was a kid with my sister. My sister would be off in her room. She wouldn't really care. And I was the one that would call and call her and call her and worry. So I saw myself like slipping into this and I was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and call her or tell my sister to call her or worry about this. I know she's coming back. She's done this my whole life. This is the same thing playing out it's all for show to be in my opinion and so i i didn't i didn't obsess i let it go I was like no she's going to come back and then when she did it again later in the trip same thing i was like i'm not sweating that she's going to come back and she comes back so anyways i just realized like people will use fake emotions to get a reaction out of you or to get their way or to get yeah, to manipulate and this is a child tactic literally we watch children do this when they fake cry um and so I like brought this up to my sister too and she's like no I think it's real when she I'm like how do you know though because if she could fake cry that well for a cop about a ticket like you don't think she can fake cry same here like this is manipulative and now I don't even know what's real when she cries which is sad because I don't know, man. Like, cry wolf. I don't know. It's just so effed, to be honest. And so dealing with that was just, like, I was losing my mind. And then the day after we get home, um. honestly, I also want to mention, like, on the drive home was really awful. And I said something I've never said in my life. And I feel badly about it. But I lost my shit, yo. She straight up started attacking me about my parenting because I don't let my son have soda what I'm a bad parent because I don't let him have soda and I let myself have soda very rarely I'm like isn't that supposed to be like the good thing to do like you don't let I to me soda is not a kid drink so that's why I do that but anyways I'm sorry I'm totally venting on my podcast and um the day after I got home we had to put my dog to sleep that I've had for 15 years. Yeah, so it was a dramatic week. And I didn't think I could be so sad about a dog. Um It honestly... It's just so weird how things happening can remind you of other things. So I haven't had, like, a loss this close to me. Even though it was a dog. Like, she was, like, part of my family. She was, like, a person to me. So I was just remembering, like, the last time I felt this sense of grief over, like, death. And it was one of my best friends when he overdosed. And I just realized, like, I never... When that happened, I didn't even deal with it. I just went and got a Xanax prescription and just Xanaxed my way through through it. I didn't even mourn. And now with my dog, I just let myself mourn and cry and kind of just remembered that I had like God with me and I need to just be sad over my dog. And So I let myself just be sad for a day and well, yesterday a little bit too, but man, I moved through that shit. Um, a lot better than how I've handled stuff in the past. I mean, yeah, I know it's a dog, not a person, but it was... It hurt, so... Anyways, that's my story about my last week, and that is why there's not, not been an episode. But now there is an episode. So, there's a couple things I want to talk about. And the first thing I'm just gonna quickly riff about is... Why are... Why are you drawn to bad boys? Why are you drawn to players? Why are you drawn to... So a player is emotionally unavailable. And a player a bad boy is emotionally unavailable. So you're drawn to people that are emotionally unavailable if you like bad boys. That's just a category. There's so many things that make people emotionally unavailable. I'm talking. They live far away. They have a girlfriend. They have a wife. They just got out of a relationship. They are a drug addict um, alcoholic, um, anything that would really prevent them from actually being present and giving all of them to you, um, is emotionally unavailable. And so I seriously see this time and time again. I do it too. I'm still trying to heal this. I mean, it gets frustrating. I know, but we can do it. Um, but it's just like literally the norm of society is to just be like like these dudes. Well, if you're a woman and you're straight, you like dudes that are just bad news or like like I'm gonna use an example. One of my friends. So she she's dating. She has a kid, and it's like me. Um, she meets someone that's like available, and it's just meh. and then. It's these dudes that are, like, kind of just got an edge, have some tattoos, and they have just a vibe, a bad boy vibe, like a, I'm gonna not text you back for, like, two days vibe, and you are like, yes, I love that, oh my gosh, take two hours, make me suffer, <laughs> I'm kidding, but really, like, and then these guys will make you go into, like, psycho mode where you're checking their timestamps on Instagram, you know who you are, and shit like that, and it's, that, all of that is addicting, like, that is all, like, getting your nervous system all riled up, and that is addicting, but I'm just telling you, like, this pull to these types, like, you really need to get real with yourself, okay? You need to be like, do I really like this guy? Or do I think he's really hot and I want to be intimate with him? Or maybe you have very great intimacy with him. They, they have, you, you probably have great sex. <laughs> and And it's important, though, to realize, like, do you actually like this person for who they are? Do you even know this person for who they are? Or are you drawn to this pattern? Their pattern of behavior, the and this familiarity maybe with the way they are kind of like aloof bad boy, um, just not like your typical. I don't I don't know, I don't think anyone's typical. So, just really catch yourself, and it helps to dive into that. Like, cause I still do this too, and I start to like hyper focus on someone. And I'll be like, it's just because they're not giving me attention. And it's it sucks to realize you're in this pattern and that you have other people that are available and you push them away. But beating yourself up about it is also not productive whatsoever. It is not helping your cause. And so it's honestly been a lot nicer <laughs> and nicer experience for me because I still am in this pattern. Like I'm trying to break it, but stop beating myself up and being sad about it and to just accept that that's where I'm at right now um i' I'm getting better I've definitely made improvements like I'm way more inclined to continue talking with people that are health like healthy attached and like um seeing just better quality overall but I still struggle with this like it's not an overnight process but beating yourself up about it is not gonna help and it's okay this is just where you're at. Um, and you just need to keep working with it. And if you believe in God, I hope you do, that you just work with God and tell God like, yo, I want to heal this. I don't want to keep doing this. And trust that you are working towards healing this pattern and recognizing that this is just a human thing we developed um, from the past from and we're really just trying to protect ourselves so this actually just circles back to something a listener wanted me to talk about which is how to become emotionally available and not love avoidant because if you're doing this pattern you are love avoidant because I've talked about this so many times it's 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 a mind it'll blow your mind a little bit when you're attracting people you like people like that it's because you are emotionally unavailable too you are attracted to them because you are emotionally unavailable too. Because on some level, subconsciously, you know these people will not give you all of all of, the, all of themselves. They're, they're not available. So you don't ever have to be available. Because on some level in there, you're probably scared of real love and intimacy. Because then you have to be vulnerable. And you have to open up. And you have to be authentic. You have to show who you really are. So, and it's, why you became, why we become this way, Um, it can be like, you got really hurt in the past. I think that's how it was for me, like my first love, my first heartbreak, I think I just shut down, Um, but it's, it's, it's something you can heal, but it's, I think it just really helps to understand that we like these people for this reason and that what it means to even be emotionally available. So I actually like found my old notes from like over a year ago because I decided to like really study the concept of emotional availability because I when I realized I have, I'm i emotionally, unav- emotionally unavailable because that's why I like emotionally unavailable people, I was like, what does that even mean? I was like, what? and so i i did some research and emotional availability is actually emotional authenticity so it's being willing to be vulnerable i'm so bad at being vulnerable when it's like one on one in a romantic relationship i can be so vulnerable on here it's it's insane <laughs> but when i'm with a trying to date like i'm i i cower at even like when guys start looking in my eyes, I like look away. I just freak out. It's sad. So, <clears throat> vulnerability is about sharing our feelings um and experiences with people who have earned the right to hear them. So, you don't want to be just vulnerable with anyone obviously, but you want to be willing to even go there and even get to that depth of yourself and the depth of another person because that's how we really realize if we're even in love, we get to know a person for who they are, not because of their tattoos <laughs> and their arms. <laughs> like there's more to it than that. And authenticity um, is, you know, showing up as who you truly are and not contorting yourself. Um, and people pleasing and like being upfront with like what you want. if you're if you're really avidly searching for your person, like even being open about that, just being open and honest and not just showing who you are because if you put on an act, the act is eventually gonna fade. and if if you're putting on an act to get someone to like you, How are they actually gonna? It's never gonna work out because eventually your act is gonna fall, and they're gonna see the real you. Or likewise, I mean, vice versa, you'll see the real them, and you'll be like, "Oops!" Like I don't even know you. That's why I, I'm an avid believer in like, don't rush things. Seriously, I know. I mean, it's not always the case, but usually this like quick burn is a slow is a is a quick fade out. Like it anything when it moves too fast. And people don't take the time to actually get to know each other before they commit or like move in together, get married. I really don't think it's smart because you it takes time to get to know people. It takes time for people to let their walls down and to be willing to be vulnerable with other people. And majority of society is very emotionally unavailable. So think of how many emotionally unavailable people come together and get into a relationship and never even really... Expose themselves to each other and then they like move in, they like rush it, they're like, Oh, I'm in love, you know, the lust phase, which everyone has, and then they move in together and they're like, I don't, you, it's not there. Um, my sister just did this, she moved in with a guy within a few weeks, and I was like, It's gonna fade, it's gonna burn fast, and it did, it burned fast, um, because you just don't know someone enough in that time, so. Um, that's why I think it's really important to date someone slowly and like, I, I'm not a believer in this thing where we have to be like constantly texting people that we're talking to. Like, like that is to me, so teenager, like I definitely would like to talk with my partner and I think people should check in with their partners or people they are dating and be like, Hey, how's your day? You know, but nothing like the all day, every day thing is just so crazy to me because it creates this expectation that I don't even know. It's actually really codependent because you just have no concept of like of each other's time, like respecting the boundary of like, I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing right now. Um, it's so leechy to be like, I need to know what they're doing at all times and like texting and like, so then, and then it creates this this drama because there's always a gap. There's always going to be like someday your partner, the person's not going to like respond as fast as they did once. Or maybe you're going to get a good morning text. And like, is that going to set you off your rocker? Are you going to lose your mind because you didn't get your good morning, beautiful text? Like, and I have seen that and I've been there and it's not fun. And it's not an indicator that someone's over you just because they're not like continuing this obsessive texting pattern but and i know it's easy in the beginning to like want to be texting all the time because it's like oh i have a crush it's so cute but like i just i feel like we would all be better off if we just kept it practical and we're like we don't need to be texting all day every day i've always like really attracted to men that do that that they like check text me they check in but they're not like blowing me up and they're not like wanting to be talking all day about nothing It's another thing. I don't want to text about nothing about what you're eating. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, guys. Emotional unavailability is emotional authenticity. So if you want to stop being love avoidant. It's obviously becoming aware that you're love avoidant. And then it's pushing past when it's uncomfortable. When someone that is not love avoidant or that seems available in a healthy way like there's definitely a fine line between available and clingy attached overly attached like desperate men and those i even repelled by that i will like run for the hills so fast i can no don't you don't want to get all caught up in all that um but when you are you are talking to someone that seems securely attached don't run don't ghost them like catch yourself like when you're not replying i have to do that i'm like i'm like about to ghost i need to be more attentive to this person and i realize i'm doing it and i think usually it we do it because we're bored it's boring which is really sad (laughs) that we're just like addicted to like this um unknowingness with people we're dating we like it but It's not healthy and we want to be interested in people that are interested in us. And so it might feel boring, but we got to push past this shit, yo. We got to push past it and healthy love feels boring. Healthy connection is probably going to feel boring if you're used to up and down drama chaos and it's okay. We're all doing this together. My stomach is growling. I need to eat some food and I think I'm going to wrap this episode up. Because this was a good one. I think I think I talked about some important things. So, oh yeah, 24 minutes, not bad. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I love you guys so much and I love when you write to me and really when you go into detail, especially about like how much the show's helped you. It makes me cry because it's just beautiful and the internet and com- um social media can be such a amazing beautiful thing for that reason and it makes me so grateful and um i do ask i would love if you would write your reviews in the reviews please for um apple would really appreciate it for um the i what is it called i always forget on itunes no it's not on itunes it's on the apps someone's at my door i gotta go (laughs) please write me a review and leave good review with the stars (laughs) Love you.